0: Lord.
1: Celebrate the presence of the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. Celebrate the presence of the Lord. He is worthy to be praised.
2: I'm remembering, uh, we did this last year, and with everything going on, somebody asked me the other day if we had a Good Friday service in the air, and I went, you know what? Nothing else will happen. and recorded and put it out in the way to, like, do the live stream. So if you're here or listening, probably saw when I, mean, I, I said something stupid, hold on. Too late, right? I I'm out. See, you don't have to make jokes about me. I think mean, about myself. Exactly. <laughs> Uh for uh, Friday, seven o'clock, we will have a Good Friday service. So if you want to stream that, we're in the ad when we've been doing. If you want to try to sneak in under the cover of darkness and not be yeah. the arrested, then you know that's up to you and play the wild of the Modega County Sheriff's Department. So but we gotta be able to smart people take your own we keep thinking this is gonna end and we're all gonna get back to normal at some point, and then I look at the news and realize no. So, uh, the Deacons have done an awesome job of contacting folks uh, during the week just to keep checking in on people, uh, so let's keep doing that, and if you know somebody who we haven't spoken to in a couple weeks, let us know, <laughs> because at least I probably forgot their name and didn't see it on the list, because I'm the to make with the list, so that's my fault, but trying to spread it out so that, you know, between me and Daryl and Matt and Bob, just trying to keep up with everybody and keep in touch with folks, because it's one thing you just not be able to come to church regularly, right it's another thing to be in your house, you know, 22 hours a day. It's just kind of how haven't had more to want to live right now, so. Uh, that'll be the plan anyway, so if we haven't gotten up with you, you know we should have let me you know. And that's the kind of part of being here for everything, so. <laughs> so I didn't put you on any list, because he's <laughs> That's a good thing, right? See, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, I'm on the list, yes. Alright. So, on um, what day were fish and birds created? Uh, yes. And that's probably a lot of them. heard the echo here this morning. Five. Day five. Now, did anybody actually do the homework and read the first chapter? Hmm. Hmm. Betsy probably did. She's probably trying to take credit on the live right. like, I did, I did, I did.
0: The reason I wanted you to do that is there's always my
2: favorite thing about the days of creation. All right? What day did we get dry ground and vegetation? No. Oh, that's God said, let the uh, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth and began to gather of the waters he called seas. God saw that it was good. He said, Let the earth sprout vegetation. Plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth buried fruit after their kind. We seeded them, it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants, yielding seed after their kind. And trees bearing fruit, we seeded in them after their kind. God thought it was good. There was evening and there was morning. A third day. Third day. Now, this is where you get messed up. God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens, to so separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. What are those? What are the lights in the heavens that we use to separate out seasons and day from night? So, all right, those of you that have graduated elementary school science class, in order to grow plants, what do you need? You need sunlight. God doesn't. That's day four. See, this is not a natural event. This is why I'm one of those people that says you don't try to figure out what happened in the beginning from science books. Because it's not a natural event. By definition, it is miraculous. It is outside of nature. You can't really have it inside of nature you don't have nature, The molecules
3: didn't just black No, that's my favorite
2: thing. Well, before there was stuff, the molecules. Time out. Molecules are stuff. Well, there was a vacuum. A vacuum is the scientific definition of a place with no air. A place is stuff.
0: Yes, it does. Again, you have God in the
2: beginning. God. So it starts out with nothing. That's our big fancy Latin term from Sunday school. Creatio ex nihilo. Creation out of nothing. Well, no, not that part. No, not that part. darkness. No, no. See, darkness is something. So scripture starts out with something. But the creation that we exist in, at one point there was. Nothing. There was God. There was a void. There's not even a void. A void is it's something. <laughs> In order to have a void, you have to have an absence of stuff which means okay. that there is stuff somewhere else. You cannot scientifically explain this. My favorite definition of nothing when we talk about Genesis 1 is nothing is what rocks dream about.
1: And okay. What we'll do rocks dream? Oh, no. So nothing is what rocks dream about. When we say nothing, we
2: mean nothing. And so we get ourselves in trouble when we try to explain something. We go, well, there had to be a mix-up here with Moses in the writing. No, no, no. God has vegetation sprouting by the power of his might and his will, by his grace and mercy and his working in the creation. Then we get natural processes later on. God doesn't mean that. He is outside. There's glass of whole homework, isn't there? This is the easiest one. It will take the easiest one ever. But this will be the easiest one to find. How about that?
0: What is the promise
2: of Christ's coming in Revelation 22? And if you don't know where to look for it, there's no hope for it. If
0: <laughs>
2: <There's just, laughs> you, you don't even Google what chapter of Revelation is Revelation 22 in, just Google's going to be right. like, <laughs> You get that, that home invader guy from Alabama. You are so dumb. For <laughs> oh, real. <laughs> Remember that video, yeah. the, the guy said you are so dumb. For oh, real. let that. <laughs> what is the promise of Christ coming in Revelation 22? You realize all oh, the people. We're gonna right uh, <laughs> put in the coffee this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any, so I'm going it. I'll see. It's all very small. People something to coffee. Now I don't have a line here to tell me everything that I forgot. So um, business meetings, church council meetings. I don't even know what to tell We're not even trying to get this morning because you know I, I think the sheriff's department would sniff that out. <laughs> so we'll, we'll try to get back to a normal church calendar when we get to like normal church. We can all leave our houses again without being afraid of being arrested or something. So as far as events and things like that, just consider everything canceled out as we get closer and go from there. I have to call Charmel because I've been expecting something. We are supposed to have a meal mission next Sunday. The last thing that I heard from Char- <laughs> The last thing that I heard from Charmell was that they were still having people do the meals, but they were limiting volunteers. So this week, I will send her a message and get up with her and find out exactly what that will look like so that next Sunday, I can Tell us, tell us exactly what we're doing and how to do it. Because everything's gonna be difficult because do we get everything we need to store even? or do we need to start shopping tomorrow? Um make a couple of trips just in case that might be something. I know. Yeah. If you go to Sam's blood there's limits on like you can buy one case of water, one case of paper towel, And that may and be go all they yeah. That yeah. may we have to my plan is gonna be the call show tomorrow and get the exact answer how many volunteers depend on on what they're doing differently. Because so the last thing I had is it was ten volunteers and they were putting making the meals and then putting them out places. I that, I
1: that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I have not seen the video.
2: Yeah. of are making masks
1: out
2: yeah. for yeah. I'm yeah. shows up yeah. and i not going with them. television. Yeah. Terry's with me, on go yeah. no. back. Right? <laughs> <You know what? laughs> i <laughs> so, See, I'm <laughs> stopping because I want to answer the question, but at the same time, if I ask it, they might answer it. You know? yeah. well, There's all the trees beyond the ditch, then there's us. See, this is, this is a and fun. There's another reason why you need church. Sure. It helps you get out of your house and you can talk to other human beings who will look at you and go, No. Okay. no. we love you too much to let you be in like my so. so I will find that from Charmelle and go from there, but the last, the last notice that I had is they were, there, there's a lot of steps for them. They did have information on still volunteering. So they are still having volunteers. Yeah, and that may be the plan. So I'll, I will know for certain tomorrow. Like I said, I was kind of hoping like every week that we got closer that something might get relaxed a little, but that's just not happening. So we will know for certain. next this week, we will be so if, if we need to start shopping early, we can do that. Is there anything else I'm forgetting that we need to be normal? If not, I think it's bad topic. Let's let's stop me talking and let's stay in a second.
1: There Up, Let me go again.
3: Oh
2: Good or not on Sunday. Which means next week it is. Okay, make sure you're paying attention to your calendars. Somebody's got to know what's going on around here, right? Who knows it isn't me? Alright, so we are cheating this morning. We are going back and looking at a triumphal entry. When I thought, where could we go back to? To be something fresh in our minds that would be helpful. I thought, John, because we just finished. Uh, yes. It's good for you. It's good for you. Read John. do you good. I haven't said that yet this morning. <laughs> so, in John's Gospel, chapter 12, we are entering Jerusalem, on Sunday in this Gospel. All the events of Jesus' life are coming to a head. So,
0: this is what was fun about going through John's Gospel.
2: It's so different from the Synoptics because it doesn't present the Galilean ministry. It presents the entirety of Jesus' ministry. So you get the background of multiple festivals, multiple Passovers, uh, multiple teachings and traveling around, and then all of that, all of that conflict and mudding of heads between Jesus and the religious leaders, and it comes to a head. And this Passover week is Jesus enters in. It's basically a giant powder keg, and it is set to explode. So John gives us a, a picture of that. Also, a background because he doesn't. Remember, we said this when we went through John, is we're kind of on the express way to the crucifixion. He doesn't dilly dally with public ministry in the way that the other Gospels would. He goes right to it and then spends multiple chapters dealing with the other root stuff. So, John gives us a fun little picture. We're going to try to see what's going on, put it in perspective, that's always important, and then try to actually lead something that we can make functional in life, right? That's always our goal, so. Dive right in John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. On the next day, the large crowd who had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him, began to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a These things his disciples did not understand at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things to him. So the people who were with him, when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to testify about him. For this reason also the people went and met him, because they heard that he had performed this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are not doing any good, look! The whole world has gone after him. Now, believe it or not, there's a whole little bit in there that I think actually helps us understand not just what's going on here in John, but what's going on in our world. Believe it or not, as frightening. So, verse 12. On the next day, the large crowd would come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was come to Jerusalem. I'm out real quick. We've got a couple things we get got to catch. One, notice the crowd. It's a title of people. The events of the Passion Week, the triumphal entry. The Passover, the trial, the crucifixion—these were all public things. When you go to the synoptic gospels and you see, and by the way, just in case we're not familiar, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the synoptic gospels, similar material—you see Jesus teaching in the temple square, arguing with the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees. Everyone coming to him, being disproven. This was all done in plain sight. Which, well, hence, why when they come to him at night, in the cover of darkness, why have you come out? I was, like just this morning, where was I? the temple teaching. You come in like a thief. Now, that's the first thing. On the next day, the large crowd would come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Okay, second time out. What do they care about? They care about Jesus. The feast, the sacrifice, the Passover, the event has become secondary. The ministry of Christ has become primary. That's actually some good news because Christian, what should it be? Yes. This is why this is kind of fun right off the bat. Is this gonna be an Easter year like any other you have had? No. no. There's no going out to eat, there's no egg hunts, there's no none of the pomp and the circumstance and all of the stuff that we add to it is gonna be there. It's all gonna be gone. But what's gonna be left? Jesus. Christ will still be raised will still be seated at the right hand of God. He will still be the focus, Christian. How is that supposed to be every day in your life? Is it supposed to be about the stuff, or is it supposed to be about Christ? Right off the bat, we can get this lesson, because they are looking at Jesus, and when you're looking at Jesus, and you're seeing everything that he's doing, who cares about the festival? Jesus is here! That should be your life every single day. The Holy Spirit is blowing inside of you, you up, empowered you to service. God is here. Where is here? Everywhere you are. The Holy Spirit has accompanied you and has empowered you and is working and walking with you. Jesus summed this up when he was teaching the Christ in John 5. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. Um, it is these that testify about me. So. As he's coming in, they took branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And I'll go ahead and share this with you because it's so much fun. Because my wife appreciates when I share my delusions and stupidity with everyone else, and she's not the only one who has parent. But every time I every time I hear Hosanna, I always really think it's not the dog from the Wizard of Oz, the 80s there. Because every time to camera goes, we're gonna sing Hosanna, and I'm like Hoseana. And then uh, she just shakes her head uh, <laughs> and walks away. It's to the point that if you actually grab that song out of the hymnal and say we're going to sing the Hosanna song, I have no idea how it's supposed to, how it's supposed to go. I have no idea. Because in my brain, I see it. Hosanna, Hosanna. See, then she gave me this pretty look and i you all the way. <laughs> Hosanna, yeah. See? <laughs> see what it's like to have to be married to me when you really enjoy music? Pray for my life please. <laughs> so the crowd see you coming in, they take their palm branches. This is why we read the text we read this morning from Revelation. Did you notice that the crowds are gathered around the throne with in their hand? Palm wrench. This is a reminder and this is a declaration. So they're seeing this. What do I mean by a reminder? You have to, that, you have to, you have to rewind back into Israel's history to what we call the intertestamental period. So uh, the great Italian prophet Malachi, is the final prophet of the Old Testament. His ministry finishes around 400 BC, and you have the 400 years of silence until the work of Christ. Keep or take, we're grounding here. Because if it really nail me down, I would tell you know, die, like Jesus was born in 4 BC, so you miscounted. But you know, it's okay. So we have the 400 years of silence, also known as the intertestamental period. During this, you have the work of the Maccabees, this is where Hanukkah comes from, and in this book you have the cleansing of the temple, and you had the celebration of the people. When the Jews, led by Simon the Maccabee, recaptured Jerusalem from the Syrians, they entered it with praise and, guess what, palm branches. So by grabbing the palm branches and praising Christ, they're hearkening back to the work of the Maccabees, the reclaiming of the city and the temple for the people of God from the Gentiles who were desecrated. Christ is coming in. What are they hoping he will do? That he will reclaim this world from who? Who's their great enemy? Romans. Those evil Gentiles that have come in and, think, and they oppressed. That's the word I want. Oppressed. God's people. They've taken this, they've installed new high priests. We're supposed to have a high priest for life, appointed by God, not by Caesar. We got Pilate giving us priests. We got governors. No! This is what Christ is supposed to undo. It's also a reminder back of, of what they're calling that what would have been sung by the temple choir during the festival, which is Psalm 118. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. That sounds familiar. Did you Oh, Lord, save We be, be beseech you. Oh, Lord, we be beseech you. Send prosperity. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God; He has given us life. Binding the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I give thanks to you. You are my God, and I have soul you. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good; for His loving kindness is everlasting. This is a declaration of Christ fulfilling the promises, being the anointed one. Do you remember what the last thing we talked about that? Is back talking about the salvation with your anointed one he's hearkening back to cyrus he's hearkening back to the promises of god of a king who will reign we also talk about that with solomon solomon was an earthly king who reign, He was a picture of what an eternal king who would reign cyrus was a deliverer as an earthly king he's a picture of what an eternal king who will reign further christ is the fulfillment of both of or to sum up, all the way back to the beginning of John's Gospel, Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Now, we have a problem with this declaration from crowd's perspective. Because this is always a problem with declarations. Declarations, i say that in English. Words have meanings, right? Wait, this is 2020. They used to have meanings before we just decided anything and whatever you wanted. The question we have to ask about this crowd is, do they actually believe what they're saying? Because if you read through John's gospel, you could actually come down with two different answers. Um, The answer could be, yes, they absolutely do. John 2.11, John 2.23, John 6.2, John 6.14, John 7.31, John 7.40, John 8.31, John 11.45, and John 12.11. All discuss the people in the crowd believing in Jesus, there's a problem. You could say, no, they don't. Because John 2.24, John 5.18, John 6.41, John 6.66, John 7.5, John 7.30, John 8.59, John 10.31, and John 11.57 all discuss the people rejecting or trying to kill Jesus. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. Look. yeah, exactly. You mean they're double-minded and unstable in all their ways. But who are the fuck it, right? Now, how does this happen? They don't. Have a standard, they don't have a foundation, and they don't have a path. So this is why we like things like uh, 1 Corinthians 11. What tell you? Be an imitator of sin as what? As an idol, as a Christ. See, Christ paves the path. The apostles declare the path and do what with it? Walk it. All that come after them do what? Follow them while doing what goes those behind them. Welcome to Christian discipleship now through the ages. We are not traveling alone. We are walking a path that has been traveled by countless people for 2,000 years following after Christ. And this matters because if we are not following after Christ, and he is the one who leads to the Father, then what are we following and where are we going? You see, that's a problem, isn't it? What's the alternative here? Because I think Jesus actually defines the alternative. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, where he is a liar and the father of lies. These are your only two options. There's, there's no other ground back. will never forget. We did a uh, first church of service, and we had 12 active serving meetings. It was a, it was a fairly large church. Or two hundred folks for worship, but we had a, a deacon training. Uh, our pastor had bought a series of DVDs, and all the deacons got together, and the staff got together, and we watched. And we went through all this, and one of them was on the difference between the broad and the narrow road. And the point that the guy was making was the commitment to the narrow road—that it's an all-encompassing commitment. <laughs> I think he was joking. I hope he was joking. But afterwards, I <laughs> said, "Deacon, Cameron's laughing." I actually had a deacon, one of the deacons come up to me and goes, you know, I understand what he's saying, but you know, most of my life, you know what I really want, to I just want to find that middle And I was thinking to the pastor, and he said, and we both just kind of stood, like, mouth and cake. Like, we were waiting for him to laugh, and he didn't, and we just kind of, I, I don't, I, to this, but you had to know the guy, that was his sense of humor. And after a while, like, just standing awkwardly, we kind of closed our mouths and walked off to the room that we were going to have a meeting in it's sad and it's funny because there isn't one and I think that was his point but too often what we try to do as Christians we try to wander in the wilderness and go okay I can still see that path that leads to Christ but I still know what's going on in this world over here I don't want to miss out on anything you know something exciting and good might happen and I'll miss it not supposed to be that but we forsake ourselves we forsake our sins Follow after Christ with all of our being. This is the reminder of the danger we have in this world. What does this crowd follow? God as He is, or the God that they have made Him out to be? It's the God they that made. But that's why when you go back to places like John 6, I think it's John 6. Don't quote me that. Read the gospel John and do uh, No, I just you. I've already told you. you read John. Just read John. 21 chapters, be good, and all the things we went over, for the 67 sermons we went through John, all of them rushing back. It'll it'll just be, it'll be a blessing to your soul, you'll feel closer to God than you've ever felt in your life as the Holy Spirit brings all those wonderful truths to the forefront. See, that's how this is supposed to work. It's supposed to work. Sometimes I wonder. You have Jesus retreating. Why? Because after he makes the food and feeds the 5,000, what do they want? They want to make him king by force withdraws from them. Why? What kind of king do they want? Hey, look at this guy. He raises the dead and he makes food. Let's go to battle with this guy leading us. We'll charge the gates and if they kill us, they'll be like, get up, get up. It's the greatest army ever. Like eight guys will conquer the world because they can't kill us. We'll just keep getting back up after we die. And it doesn't matter where we go because what can we do? We don't need to call home home. If they take out, he can just make some food. See, that's the wrong king. The yes, it is. The worldly king is a worldly God, and that is not who he is. See, they, who did I say their biggest enemy was? Who do they want gone? They want the Romans gone. They want Rome gone. They want Jesus to be the conquering king who comes in and rules from Jerusalem, and he is but not in the way that they think he is. See, fast forward to Revelation 20. I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence the earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged of the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up their dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second day. And if anyone's name was not written written in the Book of Life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So they're not looking for an eternal kingdom. They're not looking to avoid an eternal judgment. They're looking for what? Right here, right now. And that's a bad 90s song that I'm not going to sing. if you know that, shame on you. That's like, I know that one. So I won't get that one stuck in your because that one's like a war. It it never gets out of there. Now, this is the breakdown. This is also it's also a warning because if anyone should have gotten it, the inheritors of the promise should have gotten it, right? They should have been standing in Jerusalem going, this is the guy. This is what all the festivals have been pointing to. How do we know that? He told us. I am the light. I am the bread. I am whoever's thirsty. I am the water. All of those things. like, he's the God. And, you know, right over their heads. Christian, the more we live in this world, the more we love the things of the Lord, world, the exact same if you want to see what that looks like in real time, turn on the news for 20 minutes. How many people are living day-to-day lives in magic fear and terror? Fear and terror. The number of things I, I'm a glut for punishment, so I keep up with, um, with uh, Governor Pritzker on Twitter, just, just so I can make sure I know what all the official pronouncements are. And every once in a while, I get out of the rabbit hole. It's like YouTube videos hours later, somebody answered, what well, you're watching? I have no idea. I just keep clicking the next video. I don't even know, why did you get to that? I don't know. It was the same thing. So you see the pronouncement from the governor, and then you read people's responses to it. And Karen's like, well, how'd you get there? I don't know. You just started clicking. And the reason I'm clicking is because the number of people saying, well, you need to close this, and you need to close this, because we're not saying you need to close this. Stay home. If you're worried, Stay home. But notice what we need. No, I'm terrified for my life, so I need what? I need the highest power that I have available to me, which is government. To do what? To protect me from you people. And who classifies as them? This is always my favorite thing. I always notice this in churches. Someone who did it. They did it. Well, who are they? Those that are not us. That's who did it. So I need protection from them. Well, who is them? Well, them is them and us is us, so you protect us from them. It does. But pay attention, if you ever see who did something in church, we don't know, they did it. They did it. Who broke it, they broke it. Who messed that up, they messed it up. We fixed it. It's like hiring a plumber or electrician. You know, Every plumber or electrician has ever told you, the guy who hired you hired before that was a complete idiot and didn't know what he was doing. Every time, I've never had an electrician come and go, who was who, who, your wire guy? This is, this is immaculate. I, I need to go take lessons. No, every electrician has opened a box and gone, what idiot did this? <laughs> the one we hired before you. And the guy I hired after you was gonna come in and go, what idiot did this? Welcome to the world. Who's the smartest person I know? I am. Who deserves to be protected and uplifted and upheld in the greatest of ways? Me Now, who's the power and authority on this earth who's going to write me those things? Government. <laughs> because when we lose sight of who God is, and we change him to who we want him to be, he doesn't have any more power. He's now me, and I don't have any power, so I've taken the greatest power in existence, and I have removed it. Well, now I need some authority removed, the second greatest power, and in this earthly realm, is that? It's your government. They have the power to compel to, to, to make you do things. What's the word I'm looking for? The word is that there's an active form of the word compulsory. I can't think of what it is. Compel! They have was the my own brain. They have the power to compel you to do these things. That's why we have so few chairs in here. That's why we have the door locked. Because we're not open to the public. Why? Because we're afraid that somebody might knock on the door and i got to go to jail now. Why? Because we're setting up a live stream and having church. How ah, dare you? That's the power of government. It is a compulsory, compelling power, and it is oppressive by nature. The only way a government power is not oppressive in human history is it is accountable to a higher power. What's the higher power? God is. The government must be held accountable like everyone else to God. But that doesn't work if we don't take the definition of God as he has provided. It only works when God's definition is applied. And too often in this world, for Christians and non, we take the definition of God from our own brains and feelings.
1: Heaven help us. Because
2: what we have done is undercut ourselves. We have removed the power of Undercut the grace of God and salvation and remove the blessing, power, and authority that is operating in this world because we don't like <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the silliness. Now, if you want to see what that looks like in action, welcome to the crowds of action week. Celebrating the temple, celebrating the triumphal entry, celebrating the putting the Pharisees in their place, celebrating the upcoming overthrow of the Romans, celebrating the crucifixion. What like what just happened? That's the breakdown again. Double-minded and unstable in all their ways. So, how can we prove the right definition of God in Scripture? Jesus goes about doing it in this passage. Verse 14. Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it. Now, why do that? Go back to Luke 19. When he approached Bethphage in Bethany near the mountain that is called Olive, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you. There as you enter, you will find a colt tied up, which no one yet has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus, and they threw their coats on the colt and put Jesus on it. And they ask this question. So if somebody rolls up to the farm, Opens the gate, hooks a cow, and starts walking it out. What are you doing with my cow? The Lord has need of this cow. We're like, oh, well, why didn't you just say so? Is, is that how that goes down? <laughs> no, no, not quite. Not even a little bit. No, no. They don't get to go in there and be like, the Lord has need of this tractor. <laughs> get out! Yeah, this is why they make shotguns. Can, can, this is, this is the difference between our country and some of the others. Remember, I got a great laugh last night. We were watching, um,
0: if you've ever seen the show,
2: uh, Top Gear the British car show. Yeah, they they, they a new the reading we watching on Amazon, and they were astounded because they were in Nashville, Tennessee, and they were astounded by how many people had pickup trucks. Because he goes, in England, nobody has a pickup truck. He because if you put something in the back of a pickup truck in England and stop a red light, someone will just walk up and take what's in the back of your truck and steal it. He goes, don't people steal things out of the back of your trucks? and they all, all the people in the audience are shaking their hands. He's like, how does no one just steal things out of the back of your truck? And the, other, and the other British guy goes, well, I think they shoot them for that here. <laughs> exactly. See, there's the difference between us and the rest of the world, apparently. But you don't just get to walk in and go, well, we need this. No. Well, why does that work? Because Jesus has decided that he needs it and that's going to work. Can you stand outside the city and go, hey, Go to such and such a house and grab the donkey. What's your first question? Why? Well, what's he going to say? What will be your next question? Because somebody goes, hey, go to such and such a house and grab a the donkey then. Why? Why? What do I get shot? But the other question is, well, what if there's no donkey? there, yeah. yeah. donkey? Yeah, is there a donkey? Like, what if I get there and there isn't one? Is that even a question? No, Jesus said, go over there, there's a donkey in the house. How do you even know that? Like, we aren't even there yet. I... He just knows. Why does he know? Finding a young donkey, he sat on it, next next word, next words, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. All right, I know you're asking, where is it written, right? Zechariah chapter 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation. Humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Abraham, and the horse from Jerusalem, and the bow of war will be cut off. He will speak peace to the nations, and his dominion will be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. See, God speaking through a prophet hundreds of years ago said, there's going to be a donkey. So Jesus walking up to Jerusalem knows what? There's going to be a donkey. Why? Because God said there's going to be a donkey. Notice the rest of that. Who is this king? Humble, mounted on a donkey, seated on the bowl of a donkey, and I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim. What's a chariot? You go to cruising around the chariots and the weekend in the ancient world? No. It's a weapon of war. It's a means of battle. I will cut off the chariot and the horse from Jerusalem. The bow of war will be cut off, and he will speak peace to the nations. His dominion will be from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. See, that should harken back. Because if you're a good, faithful Jew, you know, one of the most famous people you know from the Old Testament is Daniel. What did Nebuchadnezzar say when his reason returned for him? God is God most high, and his dominion is from everlasting. His dominion is to be from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. This is part of the promise. This is the call of God. So what Jesus is saying is that promise, the power of God, what he's promised to do for the people, that's in. This is why he enters the way that he enters. Go back to Psalm 2. We read it last week. He who sits in the heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Why? Because they're raising up the banner of war against God. (laughs) Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, what? As for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. Verse 16. These things his disciples did not understand at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered these things that were written to him, and that they had done these things to him. But a little reminder for us. They didn't get this all by themselves. They needed help. Christians So the way. Nothing's changed. John 14. These things I have spoken to you all, abiding with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said. This is one of the things, that this is why it's so important to know the timelines of your Bible. Peter, standing at the trial, does what? Denies it. Jesus went to Jesus, never heard of him, and runs away. When he's supposed to be waiting for Jesus in the Mountain of Galilee, what does he do? He goes fishing. I'm not waiting, I'm going fishing. I'm done here. Acts. Holy Spirit comes. What does Peter do? He stands up and does what? Proclaims Christ to the crowd that couple weeks ago, was doing what? Killing Celebrating the death. They're hiding. He's hiding on one morning, and the next morning, he's preaching salvation to the cross, and that the church grows by thousands. What changed? Holy Spirit changed. What in power? How did we take this guy who's hiding in the corner and make him on fire for Christ? Holy Spirit does that. How does he know to quote Joel? The Holy Spirit does that. See, when we deal with the world, what are we dealing with? We know they're in their sin, but what don't they have? It? They don't have the
1: Holy Spirit. No wonder they live the
2: way that they do and they act the way that they act and they don't understand the way that they don't they understand. They can't.
1: They don't need my brilliance. They don't need
2: my smarts. They need what? The Holy Spirit. How does that happen? Faith goes by hearing and hearing by the words concerning Christ, or the words of God. They need Scripture. They need an understanding of who they are according to God's standard. They need an understanding of God's judgment according to his standard, which he put in the book. And they need an understanding of the salvation that God has provided, which he has explained to us, because he put in the book. See, this is the grounding. thing. This is the lens through which we read and understand our world. Anything less is going to look like Chicken Little theology. In. I mean, we run around, say, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Have you seen it out there? How are people acting? The sky is falling, the sky is falling, we're looking Yes! Yes we are. Exactly. When God tells us, but more importantly, it's not a, the the, the punchline is not that we're all gonna die, it's in what condition are we going to die? Because we covered this last week. There's no good death It all stink. But the good part is what comes after. Because you know something comes after. It's one of the reasons people are afraid to die. This is this is how you know a, a really a, a good, faithful, believing atheist. Does that even make sense? Now, we're going to go. that. A good, faithful, believing atheist is not afraid of death because they know it's nothing. Is there anything to fear in nothing? No. It's the faithless atheist who's afraid of death because what do they know in the back of their mind? There's something. And, I, and what do I know about that something according to Romans 1? That it's got judgment know it's there, and i spend spent my entire life lying about it, so I don't want to believe it. That's why they need the comfort of the gospel, because it takes away that fear. It, they're, they're afraid, because they, it's not that they're afraid of what they don't know. They're afraid of what they do know and don't want to believe it. That's the difference. That's what they need. The Holy Spirit is that, the Holy Spirit is makes the mind, puts the heart back together, warms the soul, prepares us for action. Proof of how bad the crowd is in verse 17. So the people who were with him, when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised to the dead, continue to testify about him. Notice that. This is idolatry at work. What did they testifying about? Oh what he did. See, not when we when we proclaim Christ, what are the two things we always we always talk about? Who God is and what he has done. What he has done is a product of who he is. If there is no who he is, there is no what he has done. They don't care. This is why they were are going to make him king by force. You can make the food and you can raise the dead. We're in. Well, why can I do those things? I don't care. As long as you kick the Romans out, we're good. No, we're not. No, we're not. Can I conquer every earthly enemy and still need you to hell? Yes. Nations have done this. They have and they will do this. Keep asking, who is this crowd's greatest enemy? Who do they think is their greatest enemy? The Romans. Now, I know you want to because you're good Christian folks. But who is their greatest enemy? Themselves. And what is their greatest enemy? Sin. The Lord said to Cain, Genesis 4, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you. But you must master. See, there's the problem. What do I spend my whole life trying to do? Master my sin. Live my life according to my standards, what I define as a good life. What can't I do? Genesis 6. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of at the thought of his heart was only evil continually. How? I can't master my sin. This is again why the world doesn't need my burdens. They don't need our arguments. They need God's declarations in Scripture. Because what it fixes my problem, God does. Holy Spirit. For this reason, also, people went to meet him because they had heard he had performed this song. Did you catch that? That's a sideshow, isn't it? Hey, let's go see the guy who raised him from the dead. Come on, bring the kids, it'll be fun. Why are we going? They're coming out to meet him. Why? Because he. This is the guy. Remember the biscuits I was telling you about over there, by the way? This is the dude. Here he is. Mm. Oh, but this is the point. Jesus was telling them why and how. That was the entire point of yipping. Splatter right back the wall. So verse 19, our last verse. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see, you're not doing any good. Look! The world has gone after it. Because if you're the Pharisees, what does it look like? It looks like the whole world has bumped its head and lost its mind, and here we go. <laughs> I didn't say that. This is a warning, and it's a two-front warning, because if you're the Pharisees, it's all lost. From a worldly perspective, yeah. It looks like it, doesn't it? The crowd is just going along doing whatever. Christian, when you look at the world, does it look like all is lost? It's not a lot of time. Is it? No, is your reminder from Elijah, right? Saying unto standing after Mount Carmel. Lord, they've killed all the prophets, and I alone have left. The only thing that's missing from that answer from God was laughter. It's the only thing that, that didn't happen there. I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to fail, and every mouth that has not kissed them. This is the warning. This was a backup, right? Lord, how long until you judge all these sinful people? Well, I'm going to send the Babylonians. Lord, how could you do that to your lovely righteous people? Big one, dude! Well one, it's in judgment, but not like that. What's the comfort? There's still salvation. See, this is the thing we get messed up. This is why the atheist gets angry. How could God kill those people? Did you meet them? Because we actually did. We read about them. They were terrible. That's like looking at how could you have killed him? What is wrong with you? Every life is sin. Not that one. You know why? Because you forfeited your right. This is why God is pro death penalty. why I am pro death penalty. Because there are things you can do in this world to forfeit your right to continue to walk on you. And that's not me, that's God. God endorsed it. He said, when that guy does that thing, he is not to stay amongst you don't treat like a Savior. When you refuse to honor God in society, when you abuse and mistreat people, you don't continue the right to do it. You have to be stopped. And the most loving, caring thing we can do is stop you. If people go, well, what if you're wrong? Then there will be a penalty paid by God in eternity, From God in eternity. See, that's the part we've lost. It's the reason why he has system now is because we can't send anybody to jail. We can't do any form of actual justice. Why? Because we've lost perspective on eternal justice. We think death and life is senseless. Car accidents, disease, natural disasters. It's just, stuff just happening, man. I don't know what's going on. Because to most of the people in the world who is not on the throne, God is not on his throne in their mind. Has God ever looked at Brown? No. He has not. He has not. He does not. He will not. He cannot. He cannot. He cannot not be God. Does that make any sense? If it doesn't, we're just going to go with it. <laughs> he has to be who he is because it is who he is. This is the be a reminder the world can't take. They can't do anything to us that separates us from Christ. Therefore, what do they need? They need scripture, they need the gospel. Who's gonna bring it? Take a bad background, what do they need? God, who's gonna bring it? We are! Sorry, that was scary. (laughs) Lovely for you, Avery, come on. Go, gospel! I'm gonna go sit in the corner and repent for a minute. Hold on. (laughs) Oh, have you, can you tell I'm not around a bunch of people either? There's people to talk to. Yeah. This is the first place where we have to be comforted here. Believe it or not, by the Pharisees getting this wrong. Because the crowd hasn't gone after Jesus. The Christian in the world hasn't gone too far. If it had, you know what happened? God would have ended this. Why has he delayed? according to... Okay, but... go uh, with. First Peter, we go first Peter. So read book, read book Peter and the First and 2 Peter. So John, first and 2 Peter. Oh, it's five chapters and eight chapters. You're not even the 30 chapters yet. That's like three a day. You're good. Yeah, you can read three, four chapters a day, you got this it. It's easy. You got it. Why is God delayed? Because this is what they said. Just like the old times. What were people doing the day before the, the waters came and Noah built the ark? Well Noah was building. What were people doing? They were getting married, they were going to parties, they were having dinner. The day the floods came, how were people living? As if the world was going to continue on forever. And when they looked at Noah, they thought he was crazy. When they look at you waiting, remember last week, how do you live each and every day? Is he coming back today? When they look at you living like that, they think you're crazy. they say, the world's just going to keep on going. God's forgotten. God's not going to do this. Has God forgotten? No. He is not slow about his promises as sometimes kind of slow in his butt hoping that and seeking that all we come to repentance kingdom's not done yet if the kingdom were full we put the closed sign on, on the earth and this place would be over since we're still open for business the kingdom isn't full you can save us save anyone. that's the first thing the second thing the crowds are going after jesus isn't that wonderful not really. They don't have to, they're going after the the right Jesus is standing there and they're chasing him as the wrong Jesus. Just wrap your brain around it. Like that should make your head hurt. See, this is the concern we have in the world. is popular equal good? No. It never has, it never will. And I think we can explain that with music. Just look at like, what popular music of us and say, what? Yes, yeah, there people listening to. It. And you know what your parents did? They looked at you and said, What are you people listening to? And you know what your kids are going to look at their grandkids and do? What are you people listening to? Of course, I don't know where else you go with music. I think they're eventually a boomerang. we are all going to be listening to people again at some point. You know. The wisdom and the things that this world thinks are wonderful are similar. Why? Because they don't have eternal value. They can't have eternal value because they're serving this world. The crowd is not good. The crowds today are still not good. This We've gone back and forth about the we went through. John, where are we supposed to be? Anchor, because what is the world going to do? Popularity comes and popularity goes. You've experienced this if, if you're over if you're over thirty or forty. You've experienced this where you read a news story like someone who was famous has died, and you're you've literally forgotten who they were, and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, he was in that movie. You remember him? And you're just the page like, who was it? Yeah. You know the movie I'm talking about, we had this conversation. They were a big deal once. Like, just think about it this way. In like between 20 and 40 years, we're all going to look one day and go, hey, Britney Spears died. And your kids are going to look at you and go, who? And you're going to be like, the 90s were a weird time. But, but there was a time when every being on the planet, it seemed like, knew who she was and knew what she was saying. Popularity comes. First Corinthians. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Don't invent that. When we talk about the foolishness of the message preached, don't invent that. That's not nice. <laughs> for indeed, Jews ask for signs, and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ, crucified to Jews a stumbling block, to Gentiles foolishness, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. See, and that's our final lesson. Has this world lost its mind? Yes. Yes, they have. They do not have the Holy Spirit in Mass. Or they do silly, stupid, dumb things. Is our leadership corrupt? Sure feels like it on a daily basis, doesn't it? And I don't just mean in our country. I mean, take a country, like throw a dart at the map. Do they have corrupt leadership? Yes. Do they have evil politicians? Yes. Do they have crime and depravity of of the scale we can't imagine? Yes. Has the gospel lost its power? No. It has not. Is our reminder. Because who do you think knew this while he was riding on a donkey? Think about that for a second. God. It's not like Jesus is riding and going, Look at all these people that accompany. They finally get it. He's looking at the crowd and he knows that they have no idea. And he still goes into the temple and he teaches. And he still goes into the temple and he refuses. Pharisees. And he still goes to the temple and he proclaims God. And he still goes to the upper room and has the Passover. And he still, knowing what Judas is going to do, has the meal with him. And he still goes to the garden. And he still goes to the cross. All of these things happen in full knowledge of everything that we have gone over today. They've gone after their idols. They're doing it right now. The Pharisees, you can see it from the temple now, they're going after their idols lost their minds, they have no hope. And our temptation is to look at our world the exact same way. We can't.
0: This is why we should have
2: peace in the midst of what is going on around us. Because the world has no anger. None. We do. We have Christ. We can see their idolatry and know that there is a salvation for it. We can see their henny-penny, their sky-is-falling philosophy, and we know that it's not true. And we can see their fear and know that we have the message of salvation. Christ hasn't failed and he hasn't forgotten. We are literally living proof of this room. I think most of us could probably look in the mirror and go, you I know, mean, there was a time when you told me I was going to be standing right here doing this. <laughs> I would have smacked you and called you dumb. <laughs> and yet, where are we? Here we are. Why? Because the Holy Spirit changes people. Because the gospel message has. And it still does, and it always will, until we close our eyes and open it. And even then, if God hasn't returned, that message will still go on after us, because God has not forsaken or forgotten. So what do we do? We preach Christ, and we crucify. And the world says, you have to do this, because we're all going to die. you are all going to die. So let's be smart. Let's be safe. Let's take care of one another. But let's worry about the real problem. Do what you all Because that's the thing that matters. And that's the conversation that has to be had. Because that's the bigger worry. Why do you think they're all terrified of dying? Why do you think everybody's acting like this thing is going to be the end? This is our apocalypse as America. 0.1% of the population has this disease. And we're all going to die. Because they're terrified. And, they're, and you're seeing it. You are seeing people in safe places who have no exposure to anything losing their mind because they're afraid. Why are they afraid? Because they do not have a grounding in Christ. They do not have the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, as Christ calls it, living and abiding in them. How's that going to happen? By faithful disciples walking, growing, knowing, learning, and proclaiming where we are, who we are, how we live and what we do each and every day. And it starts with what? As we talked about last week, back to climbing that fence every day to sit on the wall and do what? It is today to day that it is today to the day that God's judgment pours out. In the meantime, <laughs> I go about my business of being in And that looks like something different for each and every one of us. But we live in otherwise say that to go along the crowd and to engage in our ideology may it never be for the christian so until the world gets back to normal we are always back to normal because we live whether i'm here whether i'm at home whether i'm at walmart whether there's 800 other people at walmart whether we're standing in line 12 feet away from each other i'm the same disciple that you have done and the work that you continue to do. For the salvation you have brought and the power that you have given. Lord, may we never forsake or forget. May we be that people. Trusting, proclaiming, discipling, growing, building your kingdom as you have given us power. Until you call us home or you return,
1: Lord, we'll rejoice in that day. In the meantime, send us to work. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
2: just oh. you stop that? Just mm-hmm. stop the First sermon. Yeah. Okay. Good. Five good. I have strings, so
1: Thank no. you.